0: Uh, welcome to another Bitmart AMA here. delicious, nutritious, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes interesting. always stimulating Bitmart AMA. As we just heard there, we've got Adam from Lith token on the account right there. Lith token I'm interested to hear about because I don't know that much about it. and it looks it looks to be interesting. The physical nfts are what I kind of really want to get into. Um, but before we get off to that, before I start peppering Adam with questions, peppering, I've never used that word before. Peppering Adam with questions, salting him, I suppose would be even worse. Um, (laughs) before I start asking Adam some questions, I do have to get some housekeeping out of the way here. And that is to let you know that we are giving away 1k in lith tokens to 200 lucky winners and all that you have to do in order to be eligible to win some of those lith tokens is to go to where you found this tweet it should be on our twitter which is at bitmart exchange Um, retweet it tag three friends go and follow lith tokens twitter which is at token lith show them some love Fill out the Google form that we have um, attached to our Twitter, attached to our AMA link, and you'll be off to the races to win some of those Lith tokens. Now, I always say this at the beginning of all AMAs. You know, you say, hey, Nathan, you announced these tokens, but I don't know anything about them. Why would I want to win them? Why would I want to buy them? That's the reason for these AMAs, because by the end, you always want to get involved, right? So that's always my goal is to let you know, hey, you got a chance to win this. You're early. And then you say, why should I get involved? And I'll say, well, you got to listen to the entire conversation. you got to listen. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're too late. You should have joined the, the Twitter space AMA, okay, when it was live. Well, without further ado, um, actually, wait. Do we have a hashtag for this conversation? We've been going back and forth, Adam, with hashtags and letting people speak. They both have their pros and cons. What do, you, what do you think about for this conversation? You want a hashtag, which I can do, and people can send in questions, and I'll read them? Or you want to you wanna let the cards fall as they may, and we'll try and approve people to speak?
1: Oh, let's uh, – I, I would say let the cards fall as they may fall. That seems to be the way to go for me
0: okay. when I do it. All right, all right. That'll be something a little bit new for me here. We're usually taking the questions and I'm reading them, but hey. I'm ready to go with it. I'm ready to go with it. So for this conversation, we're gonna let the cards fall where they may and let people actually speak. I just want to set down a couple of ground rules. One, this is an English conversation, so please, you don't have to be a native or fluent English speaker. But I don't speak any other languages. I can't speak for Adam, but if uh, both of you start speaking, another one, I'm just gonna sit here and nod my head and, and smile and act like I know what you're talking about. Um, also, too, you know, please, you know, be be polite, be polite. Adam is a guest here. Uh, you know, no crazy cursing, things like that. Uh, three, we're here to talk about Lith token, right? So I know that there's so many projects out there in the crypto space, but please don't open up the mic and just immediately start talking about another project, unless you're asking Adam how it directly compares to Lith and why Lith is better or different or something like that. So I think those are a couple of good ground rules, but we will definitely let the cards, chips, pepper—I got to use pepper again—fall where they may, and. Um, Get started here. So, like I said, my guest here is Mr. Adam rorta blockchain architect for the Lith token project. Adam, are you there? And how are you?
1: Yeah, I sure am here, and and I, I'm doing excellent, and uh, uh, just glad glad to be here.
0: Yeah, I apologize for those slight technical delays we had here, but you know they're almost kind of par for the course when it comes to doing all this online stuff. If you don't have any technical delays or Little things that don't work out. It almost seems a little bit too easy, you know. So it's like you got to struggle in order to get the real stuff done. So or do I know that? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I think you're actually the first blockchain architect I've had um, on. The, I always call it a show. It's not really a show because I work for BitMart and it's not my show. But uh, AMA. You know, real quick, I will ask this before we get into before we get into Lith token. Lots of people hear the term software engineer, blockchain architect, coder, whatever, and they think, oh my gosh, it's so difficult. What do these guys do? Since this is a conversation about crypto, since we're specifically talking about blockchain, could you give like a one-minute overview of what a blockchain architect actually does?
1: Absolutely. So a lot of people actually get really confused when I say it. Now it is considered like the the guy that leads the ship with a lot of the blockchain engineering and software development and blockchain development. Now those are all three different terms. Uh, the uh, uh, developers are the ones that are going to be writing the curly bracket code. The engineers are going to oversee that code and the general interactions, but also work more on a uh, an algorithmic scale. And they build out a lot of the algorithms. Now, the architect is the person who understands how different language communicates uh, with each other. And in the terms of blockchain, it's usually more centered around the activity of bridging different technology stacks, but also bridging different chains, and that is the job of the uh, architect, really, just to kind of lead the ship and and let the engineers know, hey, we need to do this. We need to get this code, uh, the, the architecture of the code also aligned so that it will work between chains uh so you make sure that everything passes the audits and and you're the guy in charge of making sure it's just nice clean uh architecture inside the code now the architecture is just uh, a well laid out and and documentation aligned with it and that's the blockchain architect's job for the most part but they're the ones that are going to decide the tokenomics and the uh um just every aspect of the utility when you start talking utility and and the true utility integration so i'm actually glad to be maybe the first one you're speaking to as far as a blockchain architect and hopefully that speaks on our project
0: yeah uh, quite quite loudly it does so first of all thank you for explaining that i've always kind of wondered you know sometimes you read the job descriptions on linkedin or whatever and you never really understand what it is that that people do so that perfectly explains what you do. I was going to say it's it literally sounds just like a building architect, except for a blockchain. Where you know, with a building, you're not actually <clears throat> laying down the steel beams and pouring the concrete, but you're sure as heck telling people where they are so that the building doesn't fall down. And it all sounds like important stuff. And I know that bridging and chain interoperability has become so important um, just in the last you know couple of years or so as we move kind of beyond. Uh, crypto 2.0 and get into crypto 3.0 i'm a big cardano fan so i know all about having to bridge all sorts of uh stuff together so wow okay first blockchain architect we've ever had you know since i've been hosting the show and very good overview so that said seg- should segue very naturally into we're talking about lith token which is what adam is the blockchain architect of and if i go to LithToken.io. What I'm greeted with is a big picture of the globe, and it says the world's first decentralized ecosystem built on sustainability and ethics. A true marriage of physical and digital on the blockchain. First of all, love it. Just very grand pronouncement. But what exactly is behind it? What, what are we talking about? That is where I want Adam to please. Adam, I'll let you speak as long as you want give us the 30,000 foot overview. What is, you know, if I ask the philosophical question, what is lift token? We all want to hear your answer.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, LithToken token is definitely an entire ecosystem uh and it is built uh, around ESG, so environmental, social, governance, big thing that uh the world is actually looking for compliance on and I say the world being uh the the world of uh governments, <laughs> every single government out there, uh, all the regulatory bodies are, are looking at uh, uh, creating some standards for everybody to uh, go by uh, with environmental controls, uh, social uh, controls, and governance controls. So uh, when we speak on governance, that's something most every business handles naturally. Uh, but uh, in the world of commerce, uh, the social aspects and environmental have just started to be touched on in the last you know 30 to 50 years but that's that's actually pretty young in the in the world of commerce you know something's been around since uh, uh it, a long long time ago we're talking over a couple millennia here uh so the list to, token ecosystem is is being created to come up with a decentralized model uh centered around environmental social governance and that is Something that is is designed to, uh, like I said, decentralize, but empower the consumer, uh, whether it be peer-to-peer or uh, uh, B2C or B2B, uh, being business-to-consumer or business-to-business, it it really doesn't matter. But bringing the consumer in uh, innately... Uh, without all the standards in place, they've just been putting all of these different businesses with large and small into uh, funds that are uh, considered ESG or environmental social governance uh, friendly, but they aren't. There's a lot of greenwashing. So our ecosystem is designed to reward consumers and businesses to interact with each other uh, through algorithmic uh, 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 interactions on the blockchain. Uh, There's rewards for um, buying, selling, minting uh, NFTs. And and, and we can get into the physical NFT here in a little bit because that that is actually at the center of everything that, that we're building out. But the entirety of our ecosystem is really centered around the individuals utilizing the token and uh, being able to drive the algorithms uh, for the environmental social governance to actually take hold in a decentralized manner and help create a new set of, of, of standards.
0: Gotcha. So I actually wanted to touch on something that you said there, there real quick where you were saying um, – because ESG sometimes – I think what you were referencing was that a lot of companies get put into uh, – portfolios like stock portfolios you could see on vanguard or charles schwab or something like that and they get listed as having those qualities but really they just have those qualities like i guess on paper and in 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 practicality like you said there's a lot of greenwashing which if people aren't familiar with it it's where a company meets certain standards to look like it's environmentally friendly and it may be legally on paper but in practicality nobody would say that they're being environmentally friendly for a number of reasons and so my understanding of what you just explained with the LITH token is that LITH is basically like a third-party mechanism to really show and help people participate in supporting those businesses that are actually, for lack of a better word, walking the walk and talking the talk. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. that That is it. And uh uh, if I may, I'm going to jump in real quick, too. The name LithToken uh, is definitely associated with lithium. We have some uh, major partners that we're working with uh, that are in the lithium uh, industry, and they have a green technology coming out soon. I uh, can't really disclose too much information there until they really sit with third-party audits and doing it the right way. But um, that, that has a lot to do with our name. And uh, e- when you look at the lithium industry, it's a, it's a perfect example. There is not really a clean uh, 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 sourcing or clean mining with uh, lithium. So when we look at it and and we see somebody coming out with a true green technology centered around it, we wanted to bring uh, a a lot of uh, foresight. To what what 's going on or, or actual insight to what 's going on within the lithium industry, because you look at all these batteries everybody assumes when you have an electric vehicle it 's a clean it 's a clean car you 're actually helping the environment out, and science would say otherwise uh, but that 's about to change, and we know that our partners involved are going to help uh, change that and through ethical manners, so we, we just knew it would be a perfect name for the token as well but it 's a prime example is the lithium markets, and you hear about it a lot with Elon musk and tesla right
0: sure yeah that's what i was about to say is so like so the lith token is kind of like you're taking one of the essentially the dirtiest standards like one of the like industries that's recognized for being not green and since you have found a way i know you can't talk about it but since you've found a a, a company a, pr- a process that is going green if you know if it can meet that standard, then it's like a good standard to base other businesses off of. Because rarely will you encounter a business that would be um, as as polluting and as not uh, environmentally sustainable as mining rare earth metals. Do I have that correct?
1: Correct, correct, and and, and it's going to be all the news. Everybody's going to hear about it, know about it, and, and we uh, do have um, uh, through, throughout our website, if you go look at with uh, you can find out who I'm talking about here, but, um, the, uh, <laughs> it, it's going to be front and center in the news and it, it just made sense for us to go with that name.
0: Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, that's happened a couple of times when I've done these AMAs is people have hinted at like huge stuff. And then a couple of weeks later, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was talking to them huge stuff. Um, so very <laughs> cool to have the, uh, the uh, the insider knowledge here. So, okay, is that all that come that comes with Lith token? I know that when we go down here to the middle, I see three sections, and the three sections are physical NFTs, multi chain payments, and DeFi impact scoring. The first two, actually, I think I understand all three, but I'm gonna we're gonna go by them one by one, and then Joy, my producer, Joy, if you're listening. Then maybe after we talk about these, probably some people in the audience will have questions, and we're going to let the cards fall where they may and try and take some some audio questions. How does that sound, Adam? Sounds great. Okay, so we're going to start with the physical NFTs, and all I see here on the website is it says physical NFTs following the patent pending, following the patent pending, Noan or Noan protocol.
1: No, known. Known. Like known. Gotcha. Yep.
0: Known. Known protocol. Users are able to utilize the blockchain to its fullest potential. A Little teaser, but please, Adam, tell us about the physical NFTs, how they relate to the Lyft token. I know that you really wanted to talk about them. They sound pretty cool. Take it away.
1: Oh, absolutely, they are they are really cool, and I'm I'm extremely excited about uh, what what we kind of stumbled on. And now, when you start talking about environmental, social governance, uh, you're talking about supply chain uh, tracking and uh, really. Um, just getting all the data sets that are involved with what goes into a product being built by a company, and really, if, when you're when you're looking at, at cryptocurrency and, and and blockchain, you're looking at one major problem that's been talked about behind the scenes with the architects, engineers, developers, and that's the uh, the The Oracle problem is what it's called, and that's about uh, bringing some information from off-chain to on-chain. Now, there's been a lot of oracleizing with certain data sets in the finance world and just uh, sets of numbers, really. But uh, being able to bring larger sets of data uh, has, has been a problem. and that also causes a problem for tying physical objects to a, a blockchain. Uh, known actually stands for NFC, Oracleized Asymmetric NFT Encryption. Uh, and, and, and what that means is uh, we, we take a radio communication device, it could be an RFID chip or an NFC chip, and we uh, attach it to the blockchain via metadata. Instead of just pointing an NFC chip or an RFID chip at an nft that exists, what we're actually doing is pointing it at metadata but also having it the the serial number which is not replicable it's not something that you can go out and replicate unless you have uh, much more money than in any nft uh, of this nature would it would ever cost um, it, it's uh, it's able to interact with that that metadata which is encrypted. And it can only be decrypted if both the serial number and the private key match up. Now, what this does is it truly marries the NFT to that physical object and vice versa. Uh, now, we're able to do a true full-on uh, NFT-style transactions with the physical object as well. You can have it uh, integrated through APIs, uh, real easy APIs in our ecosystem that are actually driven by the smart contracts, um, you, you could have a shipping, um, partner, uh, that ties in as soon as something shows up at a door, an entire escrow process, that trustless escrow process is able to happen. So what we're able to do here is create an Amazon without the middleware, without the middlemen, without the bloatware. In fact, I'm so excited about this because it's literally probably the biggest disruptive technology that everybody's been waiting on since the beginning and been talking about. And that's you'll hear excitement from me sometimes. And I'm not even trying to fluff my own feathers. I'm, I break down in tears sometimes because <laughs> I'm realizing how well this works. So uh, extremely excited uh, to, to push that forward. And I know that can sound fairly heavy and technical, but actually I'm removing uh, by, by creating this, the, the physical NFT done this way is actually removing so much software and so many people in a good way that, that, that it's able to create that trustless transaction that we've all been waiting for, for physical objects, commodities, any, anything that is uh, in physical form
0: yeah yeah and i i mean that's you know feel free to fluff your own feathers we're here to talk about you and and lith token <laughs> <laughs> the only the only comparison that i've seen to this is that i know once again i said i'm a huge cardano fan i know that cardano partnered with new balance and that was specifically for their shoes i never really followed that up i have no idea how well that's working and then i knew VeChain, um, VeChain was doing that for supply chain logistics, but once again, I also have no idea how well um, that lifted off. And that's the only thing that even reminds me of this. But this seems like an entirely new, for lack of a better word, an upgrade to those things. And I can hear the excitement in your voice about it because I think when people – when you try and explain NFTs to people and they're just woolly digital – for people like me and you, that's cool because we're kind of crypto natives. You know, we already were down with Bitcoin, right? We were already down with the digital mm-hmm. gold. <laughs> but when when I un- I can understand the confusion in people's voice when they're like, okay, so the NFT is digital, so like how do I get it? And you're like, oh, no, like, well, that's just for art and that's for things like this. But once you make it physical with physical objects, I think most people see, you know, will see – how cool it is and how amazing it is, even though you know technically it is the same concept with digital, but I think sometimes people need things to be physical in order for them to really click with them
1: yeah, one hundred percent now it, 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 i i 'm careful at the same time and, and i 'm going to be very very transparent about this i 'm actually an n f t skeptic and and that 's how I stumbled upon this and doing it the right way now i 'm no longer a skeptic, actually, I used to be i should say um Connecting uh, physical items to an uh, NFT is is an entire process, and a lot of people are are going out there. And you actually brought up a few uh, different examples, and and, and if it's, if I may, I would like to go into the differentiation a little bit here to kind of explain this to absolutely. answer your question. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you, you look at V Chain, you look at uh, uh, all these other NFT projects that are, are connecting uh physical objects to the blockchain all they're doing is taking uh, uh one digital item to another and having it point at an nft that's all they're doing it's just pointing at an nft it's not actually connecting to the nft and becoming part of the nft process so they, that's part of what i was talking about earlier the oracle problem and you look at like vchain and all the stuff that they're doing it's just a a a, a barcode that is uh, matched up with the it, it, while the the number of the barcode is is matched up with uh metadata uh a number uh in the metadata it's not actually encrypted in and married there's no authentication needs to happen with the actual holder of of the wallet and also that barcode that gets scanned can be duplicated It it can be easily counterfeited so the physical object, in a way, could it could be counterfeited time and time again. And and where we differentiate is we're using actual uh, serial numbers that cannot be duplicated easily enough uh, for it to make sense financially for anybody to go out and do it. Uh, first off, but also uh, bringing it back to uh, the the reality that you can use the physical object through our technology in the same way. And I hope other people, when I say our technology, I I really hope that other people uh, adopt this technology. We do have, it is patent pending, we're, we're protecting it, but- we're bridging out we're, we're wanting to offer this technology to everybody via a set of APIs. And that is uh, something that is really, uh, kind of differentiate us from V chain in, in that aspect, but we're also not just, a, a, a singular project of NFTs being launched. Uh, we are actually going into a marketplace launch here within the month, uh, before the end of July, we're going to have a, a soft launch, uh, with over 50 artists and, uh, a few businesses trickled in and that number of 50 uh for our soft launch was actually huge that's bigger than uh, any uh uh nft marketplace launch to date and the excitement with the artists in fact i see a few of the artists in here i'm going to bring one up right now rob roy uh great great artist everybody should go check out his his work he's one of the artists that will be on our launch amongst others but uh yeah we we are uh, coming out with this technology to th- be used by other chains it will be available for everybody to use uh in other marketplaces and uh you know I'd like to say we're we're extending that offer out to bitmart and others as well hopefully other people will come in and and start utilizing this uh protocol we called a protocol for a reason we want other people to use it in the decentralized world
0: yeah and it seems just like something super new and that's what I love about crypto in general um, some people differentiate the nft space and crypto as different but you know they're all eventually using cryptographic technology so i kind of just group everything together as crypto and then segment it out for people uh just like uh, you know all food is food but we've got chinese italian what have you So, interesting. Thank you so much for telling us all about that. Uh, Adam, I know that we were split up by the break there, but we're going to stitch them together in the podcast. So if you've been listening live, you're just a real trooper. If you're listening to the podcast, you have it easy because we stitched it together for you. So, uh, moving on here, we've all got multi-chain payments. And underneath this on the website, it says, LITX is bridged to multiple chains via an EVM bridge. This allows for users to buy, sell, and trade on their chain of choice sounds like interoperability to me but since adam is a blockchain architect and can explain these things much better than i can adam i want to hear about these multi-chain payments and how this deals with lith token
1: yeah so by utilizing evm we're, we're able to actually uh Allow for payment in LIT token on a very pretty much any uh, uh, EVM modeled chain. Now that includes uh, uh, all, all the ones that, for if, if you do your research, you can look into it and and find out that the ERC 1155, the ERC 721, the ERC 20, they're all actually uh, interoperable in a huge chunk of chains. Not every single chain uses the EVM model or the Ethereum virtual machine, but a lot do. And a lot are are building out based off of the Ethereum virtual machine. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's on Ethereum at all, uh, but it, it's a set of standards with coding, and it, it allows for communication between chains by bringing that that, that language together. Uh, and eventually, I, I I foresee a world of uh, even Bitcoin coming in and and being able to offer uh, the, the same. Uh, set of standards with code CodeUp. Uh, but right now, for us, w- when we're talking about your chain of choice, we're starting out with Binance Smart Chain, Ethereum, and uh, Polygon, or, or Matic. And, and we're going to be uh, bridging out to more on the EVM uh, model here to be able to get... Uh, people to choose wh- whichever chain they want to use for uh, you know limiting gas fees speed, everybody has their own preferences uh, and and you know it, sometimes it 's philosophical sometimes it 's technical. Uh but the reality is in the EVM world, there's so many options and it's it's the easiest bridge that can be done. We are going to be offering up other other bridges over time. Uh Lith Token is gonna to be available in on more than one chain. The cool thing about our contracts, which were just audited by Hackin, uh, we actually got such high marks on our first audit that they uh offered us uh uh a third round uh for free. So <laughs> that way we could uh Uh, go ahead and tighten it up and basically get a perfect score other than uh, not having actually get this no negative tests. Uh, So uh, through our build process uh, it was just a a situation more of, of uh, uh, forgetting a couple things, you know, small little silly things. And now we're turning around and and our audit is going to be, that's pretty much going to be one of our only negative marks. So you know, it's really exciting knowing that, that we have that going on with our bridge out to other tokens and, and allowing for people to choose which chain they're, they're using Lith token in our ecosystem.
0: That's great to hear. And is this a good analogy when you're talking about multi-chain payments is that sometimes I, I I find out that when you talk about multi-chains or bridges, people's eyes immediately glaze over and they're like, what do you mean? But it's, it's honestly – it's kind of um, – it's odd that you wouldn't expect – like when I envision the future of crypto in general, you're like eventually you're going to have to have chain interoperability because if all the chains just stay separate, then you'd have like <laughs> – I think there's 17,000 different cryptos right now. You'd have like 17,000 different economies, and it would be like it would be like the worst aspects of the barter system, right? Because you'd go to somebody to do anything, to buy something, service, whatever, and they'd be like, well, I don't take Monero. I only take Litecoin. Or you're like, oh, I, I don't take – lith token i only take dogecoin and when i think about multi-chain payments i found that the easiest analogy to do uh, to say right now is because you're talking about people have their favorite chains right it's almost kind of like how all the social media platforms are technically in their own silos but like if i'm on twitter i can share a facebook post they've they've made it kind of interoperable you can still like to be on facebook and not want to interact with twitter or whatever but like they they still have a basic level of they function with each other and can share information. Is that a good analogy or am I totally off?
1: No, I I would say that's a real good analogy. I I think there's some limitations right now in the space uh, that that everybody's trying to to break and I was kind of talking about it, you know. If they're on the Ethereum virtual machine, uh they they're all able to access each other. Uh there's there's different uh, uh proposals and protocols out there uh the combination of both uh that are Uh, able to make uh, like gas fees be paid for in a a native token Uh, Lyft token in fact is using one of the the proposals that's out there to very quickly being uh, becoming adopted and and getting to soon be a a protocol in my mind uh, where you can actually utilize your own token to pay for gas fees Um, and, and and that's where it starts becoming important to understand that 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 bridge because you know, I I can't tap into Bitcoin today. Uh, tomorrow I may be able to. Uh, right, uh, being built on the three chains that I was talking about, I I do feel uh, being uh, three of of the leaders in uh, uh, bridging. Uh, we're, we're we're really looking at being able to bridge over to the Cardanos and and you know Cosmos is a, a huge one that's working on this space right now. I think and and uh, they're probably going to be our first jump into the next uh, realm of bridging. But bridging is, is is what it's all about. It's about connecting it, making it so they can talk to each other and uh, interact appropriately.
0: Yeah, I feel like bridging is an is an aspect of crypto that most people just don't appreciate because it sounds kind of boring and technical, which I guess in a, in a way it is. No shade to the blockchain uh, engineers out there that are doing all the bridging. Thank you. Um, but it, it's the, the only one that I've really kept up with was, uh, I know Cardano wanted to do it from the start. And then when you see... Um, all the uh, A lot of the dexes essentially um, do a lot of bridging, but it 's kind of like one of those things where you know I can appreciate a really, really fancy car, but am I necessarily going to look under the hood i don 't know it 's going to take something for me to look under the hood, so I understand why most people they kind of just gloss over it, but I just want to point out it is a super important thing, and without it you 're going to be stuck in your own crypto ecosystem, so I guess that 's fine for the maximalists, whatever coin or token you're using but for most people that will not be suitable
1: right well i mean the idea is here at the end of the day we want to be able to i think it's a hit the nail on the head we all want to be able to turn around and not have to think about it i mean we don't open up our bank app and and, and ask how is every single little interaction happening uh, in cryptocurrency right now in early stages of adoption, uh, we we are definitely seeing everybody asking the questions, but that there, there is the reality that we need to get to the point of not having it be the discussion of the bridge and have it be, okay, it just works. All these chains interact. But then also uh, with the structures of NFTs becoming so so popular and and bringing up a, a protocol here, I recommend everybody reads up on uh, the ERC 1155 protocol because that is going to create a whole new standard of how uh, ev- everything interacts within the crypto world, uh, and and it has everything to do with bridging, but also all these all this fragmentation is going to keep happening. And unless token projects and, and other cryptocurrencies really hammer in uh, hone in on that and actually create interoperable uh, aspects they're, they're going to be losing out and, and it's going to create a little bit of a plateau. And I, I, fortunately I don't think we're going to see that plateau because most people are really uh, getting in on that understanding and knowing that the, the fragmentation can now be brought together and those twenty thousand cryptocurrencies that you were talking about are definitely gonna be uh married in one way or another and it's all through the bridge.
0: Sure. Yeah, and they're all, you know, some of some of them will rise, some of them will fall, but for a good a good bit of them that are gonna stay around and it's 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 gonna be a, a good bit that are gonna continue to be there. They're gonna eventually have to work, handshake. Uh, I like the term marry. It's just that you know, marriage is usually pretty serious, at least in my mind. But yeah, they're going to have to work, handshake, live together, You know, live in the same neighborhood. Eventually, all the cryptos and the tokens are going to have to interact with each other in some way. So thank you for your recommendation of everybody looking up ERC-1155. Um, we're moving on to one of the last things with Lith token here that I want Adam to explain. And then we're going to try and open up the floor here, let the cards, chips uh, dip, fall where it may. And, um, you know, make sure that you can ask Adam a question here and, uh, you know, have some audio going on. So our last thing that we want to ask Adam about here related to Lith Token, and I'm just trying to hit the, the main points here. Um, of course, you can always go to lithtoken.io to, you know, read off of what I'm looking at here, or you can go visit Lith Token at token lith on Twitter and they have far more information that we're we're going to be able to cover in this AMA. We're just trying to hit big main points here. Our last one here is the DeFi impact scoring and it says a decentralized governance model ties into an ESG management platform that Shop Lith users can use to score NFTs. Adam, what are we talking about when we talk about the DeFi impact scoring?
1: All right, so there's many different elements here, but uh, what we're doing is creating a decentralized uh, voting mechanism, and, and it's similar to DAO governance. It actually it really is DAO governance of the products that, that can be attached via that that physical NFT that we were talking about. Now, the ESG score is an impact score or a sustainability and ethics score. Everybody has different uh, verbiage that they're using, but when it comes to governments and regulators, they're always looking at, ESG. Uh, so what we're doing is we're creating a double randomized uh, survey system. In other words, you go to log in, use our uh, ecosystem. Uh, you're you're going to be asked a, a prompt to ask or close out. You get the option of uh, either answering or not answering a a, a a quick survey every every once a day. Uh, you, you log in, you utilize uh, the system, and you get prompted with which is the most important criteria out of these three options, and it's it's double randomized as far as what pops up for the options goes and when when it, when they pop up and you answer the the question say it's uh carbon emissions uh and Uh, you have uh, another one would be anti-corruption. Another one would be uh, water tables uh, and and metrics associated with that. Of course, we're going to expound on it a little bit more to explain it for the people and so it's user-friendly and and a second grader could understand it. But that's just a a big example. And, And you choose which one's most important. Well, out of that solution-based uh, 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 survey system, what, what we're doing is we're actually on the back end moving uh, the, the weight of each score according to what, what the consumer uh, on the NFT marketplace uh, wants to see or, or feels is most important. So we're able to adjust the weights of the scoring. And in a decentralized way, what we're doing is, is and, and keep in mind, we are utilizing logging on the blockchain for this via NFTs, uh, but the, uh, logging helps m- move the goalposts. So the companies, uh, it cannot actually greenwash or manipulate the scoring system. And th- it's going to make more sense for them to go in and actually fix the problem than it is to actually go through and try to manipulate the, uh, manipulate the scoring system. So it's a very decentralized impact scoring system, uh, designed to actually, uh, just, just make the effort as a whole, as a company and a creator. And it's real important for creators too, to be ethical. And, but they also want their, uh, their artwork and everything out there to be authenticated. They want the world to know this these data sets with nfts not just the supply chain side of things but artists actually want this and they love it that's why we have 50 creators on board signed up ready to go with us and multiple companies uh because the impact scoring is is really important in a lot of ways in the centralized world already but now bringing it over decentralized, we knew that we had to keep it decentralized, and we actually decentralized it further than we even thought we could. So that, that's everything in a nutshell with that, but it is a, a decentralizing of the ratings that are generally given. Uh, and and keep in mind, when companies go to uh, companies and now creators, uh, when they go to uh, uh, create an, an object and they're keeping track of their scoring, they're putting that information in themselves. So there is a level of, uh, accountability that needs to be had. And through our ecosystem, we're also adding a layer of, of reviews and, and approving system. So if somebody uh, as a company or creator manipulates the system, they're going to get hit with a big accountability, negative score. And it's going to impact their score, but we get to do this in a decentralized manner when it's when it's proven out. Uh, and and we haven't perfected the aspect of proving that out, but we are working on that. Uh, you know, researching all the the DAO governance models and voting mechanisms uh, to be able to use that for proving out uh, that that something is uh, what a company says it is.
0: Yeah, and it it, it definitely goes back to probably my favorite aspect of the blockchain, which is, you know, I guess you can technically lie when it comes to blockchain stuff, but you have to do so much work that the incentives are really set against um, somebody lying and using privacy stuff and all sorts of stuff to, to fake it because the blockchain is auditable. And um, I've even heard criticisms that Monero, if you dig deep enough, you can figure out what is what because there's not enough people using the network so certainly if you're not a privacy chain the blockchain is auditable you're having to put stuff out there lots of people are looking at it um, and lots of people that have an invested interest in making sure that hey what's happening on this blockchain or what we're supposed to be trying to do is actually happening kind of the same ethos of open source code uh, which is why people like open source code um, so it, it, it makes sense to me um, I guess <sighs> I don't know. I guess I don't really have any questions about that per se other than um, – well, I no. Sorry. No, I don't, I don't think that I have any particular questions about that because I'm, I'm still up uh, reading more about DAOs. I've known what they are for quite a while, but I, I actually just did – okay, well, here's an interesting question I'll ask you before we open up the floor. I read a news story yesterday for Crypto Conversations where we do daily news updates – where a report from Chainalysis came out that said the majority of DAOs actually have 1% of the people making 90% of the decisions, which I, I, I'm neutral at either way, but it was kind of surprising. that like They did the hard data, and they, they found that the top 10 DAOs act that way. Is there maybe any governance model in this or any way that you're guarding against that or that you're, kind of, you're aware that that can happen or that... Because when we're talking about DeFi impact scoring for businesses, corporations, my only concern um, would be that historically, corporations and large organizations would use what I just said to their favor, right? With lobbying or things like that. A tiny percent of people would be somehow manipulating it. I don't know if that's that's a, a way off ball question, but it just came to mind.
1: No, no, it's an excellent question, and and I'm going to bring up the point that that just as I'm uh, was at one point an NFT skeptic, I am a, a DAO skeptic, and that's why I'm careful to say, but but very much saying we are researching the appropriate mechanisms there. Now, there's got to be, and there is, uh, in some form of of algorithm, you know, trying to protect against that, and that's partially why we set up the double randomization surveys. Uh, so that it's it 's not something that could be easily manipulated with a vote, and being able to tie that in for the authentication there's there 's a a voting mechanism that that 's got to be put in place that is not allowing for uh the the, the top one percent or to be according to number of coin or tokens, and you can just utilize a a one off okay this person this wallet uh, voted already now you do have uh, other mechanisms that can be put in place for number of tokens associated. Is this wallet connected with this one and this one? There are ways actually you do that via the blockchain and uh, you know it, what is the right formula i don 't know right now, but that 's what we 're researching is the right formula to make sure that it can 't be manipulated. Uh, we are very anti greenwashing so when we look at the the, the, the Dow governance. Uh, you know, me bringing that up earlier is more about you know a, a part of DAO governance in, in the system. Uh, we, we want a perfected version, and we are not claiming to be a DAO ourselves. Uh, do we want to be? Yes, absolutely, at some point, but we want to make sure that we get past that exact issue that you're bringing up before we allow that to happen. Uh, I, I know our team right now is is full of all, all the best intended people. Uh, we're going to keep it that way uh, as long as we have any form of centralization and, and formal traditional model to our business. We're going to keep it that way. but um you know it's it's real important to us before we we just let the uh uh until we release the the dogs out out to face the wolves out in the wild uh we we want to make sure that uh uh that that mechanism that we're talking about right now is is not able to be manipulated by that one percent
0: yeah and i certainly i don't mean to bring that up as a criticism of lith token or anything like that that's literally something that came to mind because i read about it yesterday and it confirmed a sort of suspicion or skeptic uh, skepticism that i'd always had about DAOs. but once again i'm not going to claim to be knowledgeable about it because i've never participated in a DAO. i've kind of looked at them from afar um So it's very good to know that you have thought about that and you're kind of on top of it um, as a former NFT skeptic and DAO skeptic because, you know, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and ask and say like, oh, I know how to do everything or I don't have my own project or anything like that. So I know that it is quite an undertaking uh, to architect this all and that is why you are a blockchain architect instead of me. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it, it, on that note real quick, and then we can hop into what you're going to here. But uh, yeah, you no. Know, somebody once told me when I was younger, it, the, the best thing you can be is a, a solution space skeptic. Make sure to go out and question everything, but find a, a a solution to every problem. And I've I've really held true to that, and and hope that I, I can keep doing that with everything that we're building out here with Liz token.
0: That you know that is that is a piece of wisdom right there. I just want to pause on that for a second because there's a lot of people that are skeptical, and all they do is criticize stuff. That's fine, but eventually we've got to stop being angry and stop throwing a tantrum. And there's got to be a solution to something. Otherwise, uh, nobody ever can eat, turn on their lights, do anything really, drive a car, it's like eventually there's got to be a solution. So I like that, be a solutions-based skeptic. Okay, a little bit of wisdom for for you all. That's why you listen to the AMAs. So let's go on to some audio questions here, and I just want to remind everybody real quick, Joy, in case you're listening here, Joy is my producer. Joy, we're going to do Greg Skelly first here in one second, but before we let him speak... Just wanted to remind everybody, three ground rules here, okay? Uh, the language that we're speaking is English. I'm not trying to put down anybody else's language, culture, whatever, but I only understand English. I don't know what Adam understands. It's the universal business language, so that's what we're speaking here. Um, it's okay if you don't speak fluent or native English, but please, you know, if you're not a great speaker, just go slow so we can understand you. It is audio, um, second, you know, be respectful. Adam's here is a guest. I don't want anybody to insult him, curse him, do whatever. Please act like you're in person and you're meeting Adam and you want to ask him a question. And three, we're here to talk about Lith Token. Um, so please ask questions about Lith Token and concerning Lith Token. It's okay if you bring up another project, but I don't want you to show other projects, talk about, you know, your project, unless you want to incorporate Lith Token into it. Or unless you're comparing something to Lith Token and asking about it, okay? So if you can follow those three ground rules, that's fine. We'll let you speak. If not, I'm sorry. We're going to be muting you sooner than not, and that's just just the way it is. Can't have any craziness happening in my room. So, Greg Skelly was is Greg ready to speak? It looks like he's not here anymore. What about? Okay. If Greg is online, we can let him speak now.
2: Hello. Hey, it looks
0: Hello. like hey, it looks like Blizzy's online instead of Greg. Blizzy, how are you?
2: I'm fine. Good evening from here.
0: Great, yeah. Okay. Shoot I have a question. question
2: is, yeah, yeah, yeah. My question is, what are the visions and goals you want to achieve for your project this year?
1: Oh, excellent question. Uh so this year we are uh launching our NFT our physical NFT marketplace uh that's actually within the the next uh month uh, plus or minus a few days, you know, they we were talking about technical glitches earlier, they do happen, but we are shooting for uh J- July 20th to 27th for launch of shoplift.com. Uh right now we we have uh the back uh the, the end fully built out front end, just going through, we got all the connections that needed to happen. So we're building that out and that should be ready to go for launch with 50 artists, which is really, really critical. We're going to be doing a six month curation period with these artists uh, where we're uh, going out marketing, doing press media tours. Uh, We do have some media blocks that we've bought on some major networks. Uh, We are going to be letting people know about our technology as, as a whole through this year But also we will be uh, working to launch the uh, beta version of our uh ESG dashboard which ties in this year and that that's really important uh on on a very grand scale um it, we're we're shooting for October really for our release of our ESG platform and uh our wallet will be sometime in th- that uh, t- uh time frame as well uh where we have that wallet able to uh interact with absolutely it, any chain, but also being able to interact uh, directly with the dashboard and uh, that ESG dashboard and the NFT marketplace. So that way, that's what actually makes everything work that we just talked about with that esg dashboard uh but a lot of the big things are centered around development this year this is the utility aspect a lot of people talk about that j curve (laughs) when it comes to adoption and when you're actually in this uh market quite a bit uh you start learning about that J curve. We're on the, the 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 upside with adoption right now. And that's because we are launching our utility. That is our primary focus this year. And it, through launching the utility, we will be doing a lot of media and press through the year. Um, as far as partnerships go, we're it's just always growing partnerships, uh, that's a continuous thing. We don't plan on that ending next year or anytime soon at all. Uh, so that, that's, uh, not just this year, but, uh, much longer now, uh, we do have some large announcements coming, uh, in the next month with one of our, it is the partner that we've had the whole time. Uh, but now we're able to formally announce it here soon. Uh, I kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier uh that that is a big thing that will be happening for us as well
0: very cool does that answer your question there blizzy yeah
2: yeah yeah very well i don't know i have another question but i don't know if time will permit
0: you know what blizzy since we're experimenting with it we'll let you ask one more question and then we're going to try wow. and move on to griffin and md so griffin and md stay in the waiting Lizzie, well, because, you know, we don't often do the audio on AMAs, but we're having good luck here so far, and I want you to be my good luck charm. So we'll let you ask one wow. more question.
2: Thank you. Okay. It's regarding the NFT space. I would like to know if we should hope and wait.
1: Uh, that's, that's a great question. Now there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, the, the speculative aspect of the NFT marketplace that I think is going to. Uh, go away a little bit uh I, it's not going to go away completely it's never going to die uh, it's just like cryptocurrency in general but what it is going to do is it's going to evolve and i think it's evolving away from that digital only uh speculative uh side of things and i think we're going into the real use cases being built out and you're going to find a lot of these projects that are not building true utility and then when i say that when they're not building a utility into the token itself you're not going to see as much of a, uh, a return on, on whatever you're seeing. That's how I see it. Now that's speculation. I'm not a financial advisor, so I I can't really give you true insight other than I I think it is going to be more use case related. And I'm careful to say that as well. It's not centered around what can be done with the NFTs that exist already, but what can be done to adjust and evolve the actual NFT itself. I, I think that's the next phase that we're going into. And a big thing that you'll hear about and I recommend researching as well on on that question is dynamic NFTs. That's one of the things that we're working to build out here in at Lith token. uh We are a continuous integration project, and uh, you're going to find a few projects like us, uh, but we're we're probably I would say we're at the forefront of actually creating that continuous integration within NFTs, meaning that we're constantly building on top of what we have for our technology stack right now and you're going to want to find the same thing if you are a speculator uh, you're going to want to find the same type of projects to tie into uh to speculate on if you're going to uh just because i really feel that's the next phase again i'm not a financial advisor but that is
0: my insight on that does that answer your question bozzy
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much.
0: Perfect, yeah, no worries. Thank you for asking great questions. Griffin, you yeah. are gonna be up next. So, Joy, if you could make Griffin a speaker and remove Blizzy, we'd love that.
2: Hello, everybody, can I speak now?
0: Hey, yes, Griffin, yeah, you're on. Yeah, okay.
2: Um, amazing project so far, Lights. I've been listening and I've been doing some research. And so far, I feel the project is awesome, but I have some questions for you, man. So um, the first question is, can you list one to three killer features of this project that makes it ahead of its competitors? You know, What is the competitive advantage your project has that you feel most confident about?
1: Got you. Were you able to hear that, Adam? Kind of, it was a little broken up on sure. my end. It was a little hot.
0: No worries, I, I heard it. He wanted you to list one to three competitive features that Lith has that other maybe competing projects, you know, don't have. So I'm going to interpret that, Griffin, as I'll, I want basically Adam to talk about the one if he only had to limit it to to three what are the three biggest features of lith token why should but why should somebody get involved in lith token know about lith token and be let's just say bullish on lith token not from a price perspective but from a utility future perspective um because based on all the other stuff out there
1: oh yeah well absolutely number one that physical nft we're uh actually with the, the the patent pending and its international protection centered around that that asymmetric encryption in the NFT. Uh, we, we're, we're creating an entirely new protocol that can be utilized for physical objects. Uh, there, nobody else has access to that right now. We're protecting it to keep the decentralization that, that you know, like I'm so adamant about it. Uh, it, it it's actually kind of a reverse engineering. Uh, but that, the, the, the number one competitive advantage would be that, that physical NFT and, and what we can do with the supply chain and what we can do for protecting royalties for physical art, uh, what we can do for uh, technology with that surrounding, you know, potentially locking and unlocking houses, uh, uh, being a disruptor in the Airbnb space, uh, the uh, real estate space, and, and even automotive industry. And I, I'm, I'm going to put a little emphasis around the automotive industry as a little hint for everybody on on one of our big partner announcements coming up. But the uh, that is number one. Number two, we are ecosystem ecosystem driven. Most people center their cryptocurrency and, and especially in the token world around just the token itself. We are ecosystem driven, which means that we are actually concerned about the utility and tying it in with everything. It's not a bunch of utilities that are just meant for trading and uh, trying to hit a uh, 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 a top and a bottom and trying to make money off of that. We're actually creating an ecosystem within our token and it ties into the NFTs. It ties into all of our platforms and there is a way to keep a cyclical revenue cycle going. There's a way to keep all the accounting done the appropriate way. And it's just all done on the blockchain automatically, but it's all within the entire ecosystem, not just a, a, Cryptocurrency standalone on its own. We are ecosystem ecosystem driven, and that's 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 number two. It really is extremely important to be ecosystem driven. So all the community members that are in there, all every single uh, uh, product that that gets put up on an NFT marketplace of ours, uh, or that's tied into our marketplace through APIs, it's going to actually drive that that value of the cryptocurrency itself that is a a huge uh plus and competitive advantage for us when most people are focused on just uh building out a new blockchain and 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 experimenting and and it's all they're all in the early stages of research uh where I, i and this leads into the third one we're actually developing we're actually developing And through this market going down, most people are not doing that. We are consistently developing and we have, again, I'm bringing it up, the continuous integration cycle. We are meant to forever evolve. We are designed to be evolving launching, relaunching, doing new uh aspects and I say relaunching the token itself won't relaunch, but there's new lines of code that'll be integrated and implemented after audit um, and we we will be doing that over and over again as if the community community wants it and needs it we uh, we are setting up a bounty program we are setting up a, uh, a Uh, an actual voting mechanism again we want to perfect it we want community involvement in building and it's through this continuous integration we we are able to build out something that will forever evolve to what the community needs but also to fit the uh, environment surrounding it in in uh uh, uh, (laughs) sorry in economics and in uh practice Uh, we're, we're able to actually integrate the technology and just keep it keep it going so that, that those are the three things Physi- uh, the protected physical nft uh ip that we have number two uh I- i'm sorry off the top of my head not really remembering uh w- where i was going with that but number three is the actual aspect that that we're continuously building this out amazing amazing yeah amazing. okay I
0: Sorry, just Griffin, one. Griffin did, that answer, did that answer your question? Yes, it did. I'm just wondering if I could ask one more question. Uh, you know what? Let me give me one second. Yes, you can, answer, you can ask one more question and then real quick because I can't keep Adam um, here all day. Okay, you can ask one more question and then we're going to let MD speak and then unfortunately everybody who's waiting, MD will be the last one. one. Like I said, I can't, I can't keep Adam here all day even though I'd love him to. Yeah, so yes, Griffin... Thank please ask me this question thank you very much
2: okay um adam you spoke about um physical
0: nfts
2: and so on and so forth which is an amazing some amazing thing so far but i want to understand when it comes to this physical nft is there like something like a requirement that some people have to follow before we get it and secondly is this open to worldwide i mean can everyone around the world get an ode of your physical NFT, or is it just limited to a particular place?
1: So, uh, yeah, we're actually building out our own marketplace, and we're going to be tapping into uh, other marketplaces. In fact, we have a couple partners there already. Uh, anybody able to access it via the? Uh, uh, Ethereum blockchain, uh, when we start out, we are bridging out to other blockchains. We've already got the code ready, just going through the audits. Um, uh, So to answer your question, uh, quite frankly, with us building the bridges out and and us tying in eventually Lith token as well, this is going to be interoperable. Anybody will be able to access it via uh, shoplith.com. And we have many partners that will be partnering up to uh, utilize our APIs and actually integrate that within their own marketplaces as well. Uh, anybody will be able to access it with, uh, without any any issue, uh, so long as I mean, there's compliance in different nations uh, that that uh, you know prevents. Cryptocurrency to an extent, but as decentralized as it is, if somebody uh, were to uh, handle a transaction, if they were to get a hold of the appropriate token whatever, make the transaction, even they'd be able to go through it. Uh, I I can't tell people how to uh, prevent stuff or uh, not. Sorry, not prevent stuff, but I can't tell people how to uh, stick with regulation or not. But I I will say uh, we're putting everything in place to even better answer your question. We're putting everything in place to uh, make sure that we're compliant with uh, every government across the globe. That is a a very important thing for us. So uh, depending on the nation, your access will uh, technically and and for all uh, purposes here, it, it, it has to be legally obtained, but otherwise global.
2: Awesome. Thank you very much, Nathan. Thank you, Adam. I wish you good luck in your project. Thank you.
1: All right, Griffin.
0: Thank you for asking those questions. MD, you are... Are you still there, MD? Looks like MD may have left. Okay. If MD's not here, we'll let Nairobe speak. And since I've been letting everybody ask two questions... Since I've given everybody a piece of gum, I've got to give it to the whole class, right? So, um, let's let Nairobi speak, Joy, and we'll let them ask two questions if they have them, and then I'm gonna be have to letting Adam go. I don't, um, I don't have a monopoly on Adam's time, unfortunately. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joy. Yeah, if, if Nairobi wants to speak, we'll let them up. Hi, hey, Naro. Hello. Hello. Yes.
2: It's a little bit. It's a little bit
0: hard to hear you, but you can try and ask a question here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you now.
2: NFT games are becoming more and more common in our environment, but many of them are dying due to the lack of a profitable economic model. What has been the economic structure you have developed to make it a profitable game in the long term? How will you keep users incentivized?
0: Okay, let me rephrase what you're saying here, Nairobi. You're saying that a lot of uh, NFT and crypto projects are going down because they're in an unprofitable environment. And you're asking Adam what they're doing with Lith token to make it self-sustaining. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay, Adam, take it away.
1: Oh, I absolutely love this one because this is one of the differentiating factors uh, that that I did bring up, and I I said I forgot, but I'm remembering now. <laughs> it was the uh, the, the whole ecosystem-driven uh, side of things. Uh, we we have uh, engagement and, and, uh, rewards that we are providing the ecosystem, but the NFT marketplace is really
0: a driving something-
1: factor for everything going on. The NFT marketplace, we we do have a little a bit of a, a fee structure that, that is utilized there and API usage as well uh, that we'll be getting fees from that. Uh, for the current conditions of the market, I can tell you right now that our our partners that w- that we have and our investors we actually have done uh, a, a private placement uh, we have done our fundraise uh, it, it's something that a lot of people would be considering newsworthy we don't feel it's it's all that newsworthy but we we have had millions of dollars of traditional financing behind us uh, and we we do continue. The, the next rounds on the traditional side with financing. So through the, this market downturn, everybody else has been seeing issues and problems with, we're not seeing issues. We're, we're actually, so we didn't even do a, a pre-sale on our token. Uh, we actually uh, did a fair launch uh, in DeFi and we took nothing from that. Everybody that is involved in the project came in and actually put their own money forward. We're self-invested. And having traditional financers now on top of that, you know, we we don't have to dig into a crypto bucket to actually pay for any of our development. We don't have to do that to pay for anything. And we are very revenue driven with our business model. And that's really important. Very revenue driven in the marketplace and in our ESG dashboard. And there's a lot of elements. I could sit here for three hours and talk about them, but there's a lot of rewards uh, that are designed for business, businesses and consumers alike. And I I really recommend uh, going through our white paper. It's a long read compared to most, but we're very technical. We're very business oriented, and we want to make sure that everybody understands every aspect. There's so many elements. I can't have a a quick discussion on it, but when it comes to sustaining uh we do have the traditional financing we do have uh the the uh crypto aspect tied up with a bucket of uh, uh fees that are distributed throughout uh to help incentivize uh users and engagers and uh also our developers and marketers all of that is uh, it's a cyclical system it's designed and it's built into our our smart contracts
0: all right, did Nairobi did that answer your question? Hey Nairobi, are you there? All righty, well Nairobi, Nairobi, did that answer your question? Okay, we're we're going to assume that it did, Nairobi. Nairobi. All right. Okay, uh, like, Joy. Uh, Joy. Your Sorry, Joy. We can remove oh. Nairobi as a speaker now. All righty, and it looks like MD's back. Joy, let's try and put MD up to ask one one question that we will get our two questions, and then really everybody. I'm I'm very happy that Adam is so popular, and I'm very glad that this has gone well, but. I... <laughs> but i really i really do he's actually i wanted to tell everybody he's broken the record right now for being on the ama the longest previously that was robert edward grant who's a very interesting character if you want to look him up a polymath um he was on for an hour and 15 minutes we're now at approximately the hour and 20 minute mark um so i really try and keep don't try and keep guests longer than an hour, but this has gone so well, and Adam's been such a good sport that we'll be fine wrapping up after this. So MD, you're on. Sorry that we didn't get to you uh, right there. MD, you can ask one question, and then we've gotta let Adam go, okay?
2: Okay, sir. Thank you so much. Ask my question. Partnership is always an important factor for pre project, so who is your partner?
0: Sorry, MD, could you rephrase that? The only thing that I heard was um, who is maybe their partner. Could you, could you say the question again?
2: Partnership is always important factor for every project. So who is your partner?
0: Oh, okay. I think what they're trying to ask, Adam has kind of sworn to secrecy on this. Adam, I believe they're trying to ask you, who is your important partner when it comes to the lithium stuff or the the big project that you've you've mentioned
1: i i I can disclose part of it i can disclose part of it okay Okay. all right actually let let, let me talk about it i'll take a second here and i i know i actually have a lot there's so much information and this is our our first big ama so that's why we are going over (laughs) but um yeah this uh uh uh, the partnership that, that you're asking about, we do have one real big one that we're going to be announcing in, in a couple of weeks. And I, I would say, make sure to stay tuned on all of our social media for that one that I was just alliterating to earlier, but we do have multiple big partners actually uh, now in the NFC uh, chip world. Uh, we are working with, uh, uh, tap to interact is the name of the company. Uh, they are doing a lot of things, uh, out in the the, 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 United States, mostly on the West coast, but they're doing global stuff as well with, uh, NFC chip interaction and, and working on entire experiences for very large events. Uh, I believe, and, and I may be wrong on this, uh, but I believe they actually, uh, work the Super Bowl with, uh, VIP badges for, uh, the NFC chip technology, but they're one of our big partners. And then the, to get down to the lithium side of it, the, the partner that we have is a company called Insortia metals. Uh, they are a, a very, um, a fairly new company. Uh, but if you do the deep research, uh, with them, you may be able to figure it out. I gave, I dropped the hint with the uh, automotive side. Uh, but, uh, Yeah, in Sorsha Metals, that's E-N-S-O-R-C-I-A. If you were to look them up, you will find that. And then we do have them listed on our website. So I I can disclose that side of it. Uh, As far as other partners go, uh, we are working with a development company called uh, Quadrabyte that is really helping with a lot of our our, uh, cutting-edge tech and and database structuring and, and doing things appropriately that way our partnership list is growing uh rapidly every, every day we, we get hit up with new people every day for uh partnerships and and you know that's just the beginning of the list was those two that i threw out but there's there's many many more and those will start being uh announced on our website here shortly
0: perfect we uh we never want adam to spill the beans because we know that he's sworn to secrecy on certain things that's just the way that early startups crypto projects is but did MD did that answer your question? MD, are you there? I just want to know did that did that answer your question? Yeah, so yeah. Yes. Perfect. Thank Perfect. You so much. Thank you. So okay, great, great. Unfortunately, um, we're going to have to go now. So, Joy, if you could remove MD as a speaker, I'll do the uh the closing remarks, the closing housekeeping here. Um we, okay, we've been here with Adam Rorda, the blockchain architect of LithToken. As you can see, if you've been in the audience, he's been pretty popular. I'm willing to bet that if I just stayed here, we could probably talk for another two hours. Unfortunately, I can't do that because Adam's got stuff to do. I've got stuff to do. Um, you know, it's just the way it is, just the way of the world. It's fun, though. It's been fun talking to him. It's been fun socializing. Learning about LithToken, having him explain to us what a blockchain architect does going into physical NFTs, multi-chain payments, the DeFi impact scoring, and, of course, the listener questions that he was able to answer. That's something that we don't usually do, so thank everybody. I'm thanking everybody in the audience for being such a good sport, following the ground rules. You know, the Internet is a wild, wild place, and sometimes people do not act appropriately. Everybody here, you are great. Thank you. I'll, I'll continue to um, keep doing that um, and monitoring what it does because I like hearing the audio questions, um, and everybody did really, really well with that. So thank you. The housekeeping that I have here is to please remember that we're giving away one K, that's one thousand dollars, worth of Lith tokens to two hundred lucky listeners. So if you've listened to this entire thing, one, you're a trooper because, like I said, Adam has broken the the podcast record here for being on the AMA. So. Give Adam a shout-out for that. And now, of course, you know, you, want, you know why you want to get Lith tokens. Adam has just explained he, was, he wasn't even able to delve really super, super deep into Lith tokens. We just had to hit the main points for the sake of time. And if you go to lithtoken.io or follow them on Twitter at TokenLith, you're going to get way, way more information than we could even possibly cover in just me talking to Adam. But so I want you to remember that we're giving away – $1,000 worth of those to 200 people. And all you have to do is go and find the Twitter Spaces link on at Bitmart Exchange where we've put out this link. Retweet it. Tag three friends. Go follow Lith Token at their Twitter account, which is at token Lith, And then go fill out the Google form that we have attached and send us a screenshot, and you will be off to the races to win some of those sweet, sweet, lith tokens which now you know why you'd want them wasn't i telling you at the beginning of this i said you're gonna wonder why you want lith tokens you're gonna wonder why you want any project but then once you go through it will be established i hope you want some now okay because it 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 seems great we've we've had such a delight here talking to adam adam closing remarks best place for people to find you then i'll thank you and we can say goodbye (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, first off, thank you for having me in here. Thank you everybody for hanging with us. Uh, 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 uh you know, I, I actually have experience in this realm here of doing AMAs and, uh, uh, Not just AMAs, but actual podcasts and shows. uh, I I would recommend checking me out on LinkedIn. Uh, Just search my name, Adam Rorda. It's R O O R D A. But also uh, on our socials across the board, definitely uh, hit them all up. I start with the the, Token Lith account right now. And I I would recommend following or joining our Telegram and our Discord as well. The links are available via our Twitter. Uh, make sure to do that uh, and and keep up with us. Uh, We are uh, migrating to a a new token. So if you're looking to get in right now, you want to make sure that you're actually following the right uh, uh, contract address and everything, but we will be migrating before the end of this week. So uh, we will be, Uh, putting announcements up in telegram and discord first all of our socials across the board thank you so much nathan Uh, you're you're a pleasure uh you're actually you've caught me a couple times when i about fell
0: (laughs) so (laughs) thank you (laughs) my guest here today has been adam rorda blockchain architect of lith token and since we have nothing else to discuss i will say thank you so much adam for being on the show the this ama and goodbye to everybody out there in crypto land. Hey, Nathan here from BitMart. Hope you liked that conversation. I know that I always do. It's great learning more about crypto and kind of putting a face behind all the technical jargon. But that's not the last thing we have to do. We've got to get some legal stuff out of the way. And so here it goes. All opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of BitMart. BitMart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. BitMart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.